0: Good morning, my name is Caleb Krabs. I'm a senior at South High School. Today's scripture reading is from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13-14. through So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in this gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So, you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires you didn't know any better then. Good morning, church. Today, we are talking about hope in action. You see, there's a temptation in our culture to treat hope like a passive wish. I'm going to say that again. There's a temptation in our culture to treat hope like a passive wish, to not put it into action. For example, if I were to say, I'd love to lose 10 pounds, but I'm not going to change my diet and I'm not going to change my workout routine. I'm not going to lose the 10 pounds, right? But I'm wishing it would happen. I hope it would happen. Or you might say, Hey, I really hope my marriage gets better, but then I'm not going to do anything differently to treat my spouse differently or to change myself, to work on my marriage. I'm just going to hope that it just gets better. Or maybe maybe you're going to hope that you get a promotion at work, but not do anything different or work any harder to show your bosses that you deserve that, that promotion. Or maybe in your relationship with Jesus, you might say, wow, I really hope that my relationships with Jesus gets better and goes deeper, but I'm not going to actually spend any more time with him in prayer or in his word or serving him in any way, but I just, I just hope it gets better. Or maybe you're, you've pushed, you know, your relationship with God off to some other later point in life, and you just hope that if you die before you have a chance to accept him as your savior, that, that he'll save you because you're a good person. All of those are examples of passive hope, wishing for something to happen, but not doing anything different. You see, hope in and of itself changes nothing. Hope in and of itself changes nothing. Change happens when we put our hope into action. Change happens when we put our hope into action. I want to invite you to turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. I'm going to be reading today out of the New Living Translation because I think this translation captures and articulates Peter's thought really, really well. And so I want to invite you to use that translation if you'd like. But if not, and you're in the NIV, that's okay. It'll get get that too. And the rest of our passages today will be in the NIV. Peter says this. He says, so prepare your minds for I want you to say this with me. Action. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control is what the NLT says. Most versions, they'll say discipline, and that's probably the better word. So prepare your minds for action and exercise discipline. Put all your, say it with me, hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Christ Jesus is revealed to the world So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. Peter calls his audience to put their hope into action no matter what they're facing in life. Hope takes action, and Peter says that hope takes discipline. Action is doing something. You actually take a step forward. You're acting, right? Discipline is doing something regularly. So for example, doing a workout routine on a regular basis in multiple days or every day, or changing the way you uh, speak to your spouse to improve your marriage, doing that on a regular basis, multiple times a day probably, or disciplining yourself to spend time in prayer and in scripture in order to improve your relationship with Jesus and go deeper. That's active hope, hope in action. Hope takes action and hope takes discipline. There's a pastor and commentary author named Charles Cranfield, and he suggests that we translate this this first line as as getting to work and rolling up the sleeves of your mind or taking off the coat of your mind. It's the idea that we roll up our sleeves, we get in and we do the work needed. We put our hope Into action. And scripture is full of stories of people putting their hope into action. And today we are going to look at three words uh, and three stories connected to those words that will help us aim our hope in the right direction. And the word AIM is an acronym for those three words today. And so I invite you to take some notes and write these words down and the stories that go with them. The first word is the word ACT. And I want to invite you to turn to Mark chapter one, Mark chapter one, and we're going to start in verse 15, Mark chapter one, verse 15. And this is the story of Jesus calling the first disciples. We're going to look at a few different disciples who are called by him and pay attention to their response because they act. So verse 15, Jesus uh, said, the time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent. And believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. At once they acted; they did not hesitate. And just a few verses later, uh, or the next verse, when uh, verse 19, when he had gone a little further. He saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. And then without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. They're like, oh, there's Jesus, Dad. See ya. I'm out of here. Have a good one. And they don't help clean up the nets. They don't help put things away. They don't help clean the fish, sell the fish, anything. They just, there's Jesus. We're out of here. See ya. And they follow Jesus. They act in the relationship with Jesus, and they respond. And then, in flip to chapter 2, and we look at uh, verse 13, this is the calling of Levi. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and be- he began to teach. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alpheus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. There was no hesitation, there was no other response. He just acted in response. And the, the Gospels tell the story a little differently, which we would expect because there's different authors. But one thing they all have in common is the immediacy with which the disciples act. They just act. So I want to encourage you to think about acting in your relationship with Jesus and putting your hope into action. The second word is the word initiate. For this we're going to look at the story of the bleeding woman, and I want to invite you to turn to Luke chapter eight, verses forty-three through forty-eight. Luke chapter eight, verses verse forty-three, and this is, like I said, this is the story of the bleeding woman. Jesus is has been requested to go to someone's house to heal a girl who's sick, and he's on the way there, and the crowds are pressing in, and this is what happens. Verse forty-three, and a woman was there who had uh, been subject to bleeding for 12 years and no one could heal her. That's a key detail we'll come back to. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. This woman initiated contact with Jesus. She took action. Initiated is another word for act. It's an important word because she took initiative and she went and did it. You see, she for 12 years had been trying to be healed. It said that no one could heal her, meaning she'd gone to multiple people to try to be healed. She kept pursuing and now she comes to Jesus and she has faith and hope that he will heal her. She touches his cloak and she is healed. She initiated that contact. Maybe today you're in a place where you've, uh, you need to initiate some contact with Jesus. You've been expecting him to, uh, I don't know, just do something for you or, or reveal himself, but, but you haven't taken action or initiated any contact with Jesus. We learn from this story that we can initiate with Jesus, and that's, a, that's an okay thing to do. And we should do that. He likes it when we do that. God wants us to pursue him. Jesus wants us to pursue him. Right now, one of the, you can pursue him by asking for prayer. We have on the, if you're watching on the online church platform, there's a button at the top called request prayer. And we right now have a team of people waiting to pray for you right now. And so uh, I want to encourage you to hit request prayer and, uh, and someone will grab your, your, you and, uh, and they'll chat with you and pray with you right now in the midst of this service. So I encourage you to hit that request prayer button to receive prayer for maybe you need healing. Maybe there's a situation that you don't know how to handle. Maybe, uh, you uh, need heal. Someone in your family needs healing. Whatever it is, I just want to invite you to hit request prayer and someone will pray with you right now for what's going on in your life. So that's one way you can initiate and touch the cloak of Jesus. The third word that we're going to look at today so we have act we have initiate and we have minister those three words form our word aim act initiate minister now I want to invite you to turn over to acts chapter 16 which is where we pick up the story of the apostle paul and his ministry partner silas and they were in uh, walking and on their way to a place of prayer And this woman who is possessed by a demon is walking behind them. And she's telling everyone who they are and what they're doing. She's walking around saying, these guys are preaching the gospel. You need to listen to them. They are speaking the truth. And it kind of bugged Paul and Silas. And so Paul turns around and they rebuke the demon that is possessing her. And what happens is then the, the, the owners of this woman, because she's a slave, fortune teller, they get really, really mad at Paul and Silas because their source of income is now gone. They made bank off of her ability to tell the future. And now she can't do that anymore. And so they raise up a crowd and they end up arresting Paul and Silas and throwing them in prison. And here's their response. Their response is to minister. They don't wallow in their situation. Verse uh, 23, after they, had, uh, after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Now, Roman soldiers, if their prisoners escaped, Roman soldiers would be killed, potentially. Verse 24, upon receiving such orders, the, the soldier put them in the inner cell and fastened their uh, feet in stocks. He did not want them getting away. But about midnight, this is verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. That's incredible. The foundations of the prison were shaken, and everybody's chains came loose. What what an incredible, incredible moment They were praying, they were singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. And in in the midst of that, so Paul and Silas are ministering to one another because they're not in a great situation. So they're, they're ministering to one another by praying and worshiping together. The other prisoners are there, they're hearing that as well and probably participating. Their goal is not thinking, oh, we're going to escape. God's going to come save us. No, their goal is simply to worship, to minister, to care for one another. And in the midst of doing that, God acts even bigger. God gets the glory in this story because he breaks the chains. He frees them. And what's incredible is they also get to minister to the soldier. Verse 27, the jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. You see, he knew he would probably be killed by his superiors anyway, so he thought he would just do it himself. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out. And asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. What an incredible response to a very difficult situation. Paul and Silas put their hope in Christ into action, even in the most desperate situation of being stuck in prison for really nothing of their own fault. They responded and put their hope in to action. Act, initiate, minister. That's our acronym today, to aim. Hope in action helps us aim at what? It helps us aim, if we return to 1 Peter 1, verse 14, at the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Maybe you're watching today and you're realizing that you want to start a real relationship with Jesus, that you want to put your hope into action and to have something, someone solid to cling to and to serve and to love and purpose in your life. All you have to do is do exactly what the jailer did and believe in the Lord Jesus and that God raised him from the dead. If that's you today, I want to encourage you to pray a prayer with me and then respond by raising your hand. There will be in the chat, if you're watching on the online church platform, an opportunity for you to raise your hand digitally there. We'll be able to see you and continue to lift you up and pray for you. Would you pray with me if that's you? Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I confess that I'm a sinner. I have not followed you. I've not let you be Lord of my life. And right now, I want you to know that I'm sorry for that. And that I give you my life. And I ask you to forgive my sins. And I thank you for the free gift of forgiveness and grace that that you offer me because of your work on the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me, and I acknowledge that you do, and I commit to giving my life to you and to serving you and to act and initiate and to minister in a relationship with you. Amen if you just prayed that prayer especially for the first time i want to invite you to head to the chat raise your hand if you're wa- and we'll and we'll see you and we'll be able to respond to you and continue to pray for you and if you're in your living room or with other people and you just prayed that prayer i want to encourage you to tell someone because right now there's a party happening in heaven the angels are rejoicing and we want to rejoice with you and so would you tell someone that you just prayed that prayer for the first time. And if uh, if, if you didn't pray that prayer, that's okay. But would you just clap and celebrate together? Let's just clap and celebrate together new life in Christ. And God, we praise you and thank you so much for what you're doing in the lives of each person who prayed that prayer. We pray that you would guide them and direct them and watch over them and help them to grow deeper in their relationship with you in a way that is active, not passive. For those of you that have that relationship with Jesus and you have that active relationship with Jesus, I want to encourage you to think of ways that you can continue to put your hope into action, ways that uh, you can serve others, especially in this time of quarantine. Are there people in your life that need prayer? just a phone call and, hey, how can I pray for you? Or someone who needs to be ministered a word of encouragement. Or maybe there's someone that uh, that needs to hear the gospel, that, that the Lord is laying on your heart right now. But you need to reach out to them and encourage them with the word. I want to encourage you to do that, to put your hope into action. Graduates, we want to say congratulations on your graduation. And I hope this message especially resonates with you and that no matter what life brings at you in the next uh, moments and, and weeks and months and years, I want to encourage you to remember to put your hope into action, no matter what life brings at you or what circumstance you're in, put your hope into action. And I want to close with this. 1 Peter 13, 14, again, which we started with, reminds us, so prepare your minds for, say it with me, action. And exercise discipline. Put all your, say it with me, hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires you didn't know any better then. Don't give in to the temptation to treat hope like a wish. Don't give in to that temptation. Instead, live as a follower of Jesus who puts hope into action. Amen.